You are listening to the Daily Talks podcast where my mom, Deli, empowers parents like you with parenting tips. My mom's mission is to help parents make their child raising experience easier and more enjoyable by sharing valuable lessons to save them unnecessary struggles. The Daily Talks podcast is for any person already parenting or planning on parenting a child. Each week you'll hear different experts talk with my mom about important aspects of parenting, self-care, and of course her specialized area of bullying awareness and prevention. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go ahead and do so now wherever you may be listening. And don't forget to set up your alerts so that you don't miss any episodes. Let's get started. Hey there, this is your host, Dali, and I do not have a guest today. I decided to do a solo discussion because um, I thought you'd like to hear just from me. <laughs> I might be wrong, who knows? But um, there's so much I was as I was thinking, like, what should I talk about? Because there's so many topics, right? Um, so I decided to talk to you about my experience uh, selling my services to schools. And I decided on discussing this topic because you'll probably understand after hearing my story why it is that I'm constantly saying to people, use the power of your voice. Parents are incredibly uh, influential to educators, to their communities, and the majority of them don't talk to their leaders. I mean, when I talk about you know, talk to your leaders and go and voice your opinion, people think about politics. And while that's great, and I do encourage you to get involved in your local um, state and federal politics, um, you got to get involved in your kids' schools. Now, even if you don't have children in school, it is really good when you still continue to invest time or, you know, um, share your opinions at the schools um, near your home, because you are a taxpayer and you do pay whether you have children in those schools or not. So you might as well, you know, share your opinions if you see that there's stuff going on in your neighborhood near the school and you feel like it needs to be addressed, then speak up. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not illegal. As long as you do it in a respectful way, you, um, you will be heard. And, you know, the other thing that I always say is when you submit a complaint, when you share a concern, please also share at least one solution. I always recommend you uh, provide at least three, so, uh, you know, ideas because, these leaders are overwhelmed. They have a ton of things going on, right? They have, of course, their own personal stuff because they're still human, right? They still have families. They still have to uh, get home and take care of things. Uh, they still have to take care of themselves as individuals, and they have to be the teachers or the bosses of, you know, educators. So, Here's, here's what I can share with you about my experience when I call these um, institutions, these organizations or schools. Now, first of all, I, I have a, call it a sales kit, right? Um, that lists, you know, who I am, uh, what, what my company is about, who my clients have been, and then I provide the packages and I I provide them bundles because if you're like me and you see a lot of options, you get overwhelmed. 
So I give them three bundles. And then I always say, hey, you know, custom bundles are available. But the bundles really are a set of workshops. And I always do no more than three because I feel like if at minimum schools are going to invest in workshops for parents about bullying education, that three should be the bare minimum. But honestly, that is not enough because um, a school year is about, what, 18 weeks or something like that. And parents have a lot going on and they'll forget just like the children, right? They'll forget about maybe the definition of bullying or maybe just to talk about the topic. So in my opinion, if you want to instill something into people, whether they're adults or children, you have to be very consistent and you have to talk about that topic, um, you know, uh, throughout the school year, not just three times or once a year. So I, um, you know, I provide pricing and everything, but when I call them, it, the, the conversation is really interesting. I always start by asking them questions because I want to learn about them. Most of the times, I don't know anything about their schools aside from whatever I read online on their social media outlets um, or on their websites, right? Sometimes even on the news, sadly. But I speak to either the school counselor, who is usually the person in charge of providing these programs like bullying awareness programs or anti-bullying programs for the children, not for teachers or for, um, for the parents. That, um, the, the ones for the parents are usually something that is initiated by PTA, you know, the parent-teacher organization or the African-American parent committee or ELAC, the English uh, language uh, I can't remember the full acronym, what it stands for, um, uh, the English language um, learners, uh, what else is there? There are, every school has different committees. So those parent groups are the ones that decide what they're going to pay for, what type of education to pay for. What I see is that some do know, they're aware that they can buy or invest in programs for the parents. But we're, we're all parents, right? And the first thing that we think about is our kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we keep leaving ourselves out. Just like we leave ourselves out in the home and we forget to do self-care at home, we tend to do it at schools. So my, uh, my message here is to please Think about you. What do you need as a parent in order to help your child thrive at school? What do you need to know? So one of the things that I always, always ask schools or their representatives is, have you asked your parent community if they would like an anti-bullying awareness workshop or would they like to learn about bullying prevention? And the majority of times they respond with, well, they haven't asked, so I don't think so. Or sometimes they say, well, we've had one, you know, we had one last school year, uh, but of course, of course, you know, one is not enough. People forget things, especially, I mean, one hour 
throughout the whole school year is not going to be pretty solid. You know, people forget a lot of stuff. So the other thing that I asked them is, do you have an anti-bullying program? And do you have it for parents or is it just for children? So sometimes they tell me, well, we have a kindness uh, campaign or we have uh, an anti-bullying club for the kids. And when I ask them, well, what do you do in that club? They say, oh, well, the kids decide on what to do. You know, one of the teachers is in charge. And when they describe what they're doing in that club, they're pretty much just spreading the message of be kind and the affirmation cards and doing things like that, you know, random acts of kindness. But they're not talking about bullying. They're not talking about what, you know, how it's defined. They're not talking about how the schools will discipline or correct the action or help the children correct the action. They're not talking about that. And that is why I always come in and I say, hey, you need in-depth education. And uh, another thing that I hear a lot about is, well, this is an elementary school. We don't really have that problem here. And you know what? Compared to middle schools and high schools, they don't have such a huge problem. But my theory is that if you catch them when they're young, when you teach them when they're young, when you embed it, when you instill it, when you plant that seed of refusing, you know, um, negative behavior, you know, such as bullying behaviors, then these children can learn to not, you know, not practice it and also to not tolerate it. And a lot of parents think that high school is the worst, but it's actually middle school. Sixth, seventh, and eighth, particularly sixth grade, uh, are the ones that, you know, the sixth graders really feel it. And I happen to believe it's because, you know, they're the newbies. They're, everybody in middle school is trying to identify as an individual. You know, they're starting to uh, develop their body and they're feeling a little insecure and they're trying to be validated by their own peers and they're trying to be recognized for their efforts. Um, and a lot of kids are going through a lot of stuff at home too. So here comes junior high or, or middle school and then the one at the bottom of the totem pole, which is usually the sixth graders, they get picked on by the older kids and they feel ousted. They feel, um, not good enough. And then it goes from pick, being picked on to being bullied. And it's really, really hard. So these parents that have children in elementary school, they underestimate how important it is to educate children at, in that grade level, in those grade levels, right? Um, because the behaviors are being seen kids the younger ones are watching the older kids whether it's their siblings their neighbors you know um somebody older than they're watching so if you're not having this conversation with your kids then it's just gonna seem like it's that's just how kids are that's just normal and you'll hear kids saying this right they're like oh that's just so and so that's just how how he is or that's how she is uh, you know, just ignore it. It's like, yeah, it sucks, but what can you do? So they're taught to be complacent, to just live with it because it's just a, a fact of life and there's nothing that can be done about it. And that type of mentality is very dangerous because that type of mentality is what we have in so many levels of our society and our governments. 
right? You've seen it. And I know you might be saying, ah, oh, yeah, but I, politics is not about, you know, it's not about me. Uh, I don't want to get political, but guess what? There's politics and everything, including schools. Um, politics is what helps you with resources like public schools, a free library, clean roads or paved roads. You know, it pays for those light stops and for um, public transportation, even if you don't use it. It pays for um, the local parks. It pays for so much. So please don't say politics is not your thing. You're not into politics because you are whether you like it or not. If you're a taxpayer, politics is part of your life. And politics influences schools and school budgets. Um, so as I'm talking with these leaders from schools, they give me all these objections. You know, they tell me, well, we can have somebody else create a workshop or two and give it to the kids. Or we can have one of our um, teachers give this you know, bullying awareness presentation to the parents during back to school night. And, you know, all of these reasons as to why they don't, or we don't have money, but there's always money for other stuff, right? And the thing about raising money or finding money is that schools have site school councils, which is comprised of parents, community members, teachers, the principal, um, and students. And, as, and staff members too. Um, you have, like I said, ELAC or PTA or PTSA, P, uh, was, it stands for Parent Teacher Student Association. Um, so you have all these orga organizations, right? And they all fundraise throughout the year. Uh, just to give you an example, there are some PTSAs or PTAs that have um, a revenue of about $250,000 a school year. A lot of that money is put back into the kids. How? They pay for, uh, say, if your school has a trunk or treat, or if they have a winter um, party or a, a fall fest or a spring fest. If you see um, the volunteers from PTA selling candy at the graduation or at the promotions and teddy bears and balloons and all this stuff, all of that is paid by those funds or all the, the, the raising of that money that they do by selling cookies or cupcakes or um, raspados, the, the shaved ice cream, all of that. That's where it comes from. And of course, donations, which is not common, but most of the money that they raise is through fundraising. And so when they say we don't have money, the reality is just that they haven't allocated, they haven't set aside money for programs like bullying education for the parents or for the children. So these type of programs that help kids be able to learn in safer places are as important as any other program at schools is just that our parents haven't been, uh, I guess, trained or educated on the importance of it. Because think about it, a child that doesn't feel safe at school is not going to be focusing on their math homework. They're going to be focusing on that bully that's lingering around, right? Especially if they're in the same classroom. If um, a child is 
you know, using so many bullying behaviors that they've been stigmatized as the bully, this child is not going to be very confident in anything that they do because they know that that's how they're being perceived. So if you are not educating yourself as a parent in regards to bullying, then how are you supposed to know, you know, the signs or what to do, who to go out and to, to look for, to, to help you and to help your child? I know that a lot of parents can kind of figure it out. But when you have all of the answers, it empowers you and it empowers your child. So the schools that do take me on and they say, hey, yeah, we'd love to have you. Usually those schools have a large, large attendance. I mean, they usually tell me, oh, we will probably have like 15 parents. And sometimes it's way more, way, 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 way more. And the beautiful part of this is that the parents usually have a ton of questions, especially when I get to the parts about reporting and how to go through the correct reporting procedures. Um, and, you know, when these schools invest in this way for the parents, they feel like they're being heard. They feel like their voice matters. And they see that these school leaders are actually responding by providing them with what they want. And I have had the, the honor of offering these workshops in English and Spanish. And I love, love, love doing them in Spanish. Although, you know, tengo complejo, you know, I have a little complex about my Spanish because when I'm speaking in a more uh, formal, you know, uh, at more, I guess, academic way, I get a little tongue-tied, I get a little intimidated sometimes, but, you know, that goes away. Um, and I get to connect con mi gente, with my people. And it is so beautiful to see the relief in parents when they know that there is a system that they should follow and that there is uh, there and that there are things that they can do at home to help their children. They also feel amazing and in control knowing that they do have options as parents, that there is an easy way to navigate that whole reporting system, right? And also that you don't have to wait until something happens to educate yourself about bullying awareness and prevention. Uh, there, there are so many parents that come to me and they say, um, my child is really timid. The school is very violent. You know, the kids are, are out of control and I'm really scared for my child. What can I do? So these are the parents that I wish would speak out really loud and very often to their administrators and say, hey, I need a solution. You know, there are a lot of teachers that have re reached out to me. And they too, they tell me, I feel unsafe. I had brought it up to the administrators and they told me that, you know, I'm too soft, uh, but I just don't feel safe teaching here. And I know that other kids don't feel safe either. And it's really sad that the administration does not listen to them. So, yeah, these objections that I get all the time, it's about money, it's about there's no interest, or it, it is about, oh, we can have somebody else do it. And I'm like, but if I have everything packaged neatly and ready to go, 
why are you going to spend more, you know, work? Uh, uh, what is it? I don't want to use the word uh, manpower or people power. There, why use people power to recreate what I already have? And I have like in-depth stuff. I mean, I have so many workshops, right? I have workshops about um, how to report bullying best practices, monitoring tools and why you should use them, cyberbullying and online dangers, um, helping the participants of bullying move forward in a healthy way, social media and kids, what you should know, um, managing bullying behavior safely and effectively, you know, as an adult and as a, a child being targeted. Um, I have one on modeling inclusive language to encourage upstanders. Um, I mean, the list goes on uh, because I know that you can't cover everything in one workshop. No, no, no. Even my two-hour workshops, it's not, it's not enough time. Parents have a lot of questions and that's great, but there's so much that needs to be addressed. So if you feel like you need this information, you know, you, you have me as a, a resource. You can schedule a coaching call with me. You can schedule a consultation call if you're going through something and you need advice on how to navigate that whole reporting system or how to help your child. You can ask me about one of my courses so that you can take it self-paced. Um, you can also ask me to send you, you know, the, the uh, proposal for, for your school. You know, uh, if you are a leader at the school and you just want to inquire about how much my packages are or, you know, what else I can bring to the table, let's talk. But the thing is that when the request comes from you, from the parent, it is so much more powerful than when I call. When I call, they're just like, oh, this is just another person that wants our money. <laughs> and I don't blame them because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one calling them. Maybe not about that, right? But about other things. But it's needed. The truth is it's needed. When I'm reading Google Alerts, because I get these alerts every week, right, about bullying stuff all over the world. And I'm getting these articles that talk about insurance companies starting to offer cyberbullying and bullying insurance to families. That tells me one thing, that the problem is not going to go away and parents are ill-equipped and these insurance companies are going to, they have already started to monetize off of you parents because they will always make money from parents who don't prepare, who don't know what to do, who find out only until, you know, it's gotten really bad and they have no choice but to say move or, you know, spend money on mental health uh, uh, services for their children, things like that. And these insurance companies, you know, they're watching, they're looking at what's going on. Uh, and do you really want to have to resort to getting insurance because you fear that something's going to happen, you know? And I'll give you an example if you don't understand why they're offering it, right? So there are so many um, clients that I've worked with 
who um, they've had to move several times. So that's moving expenses and moving expenses due to, you know, uh, getting their child away from that city or that's uh, the school district because the school has failed to provide a solution. Um, they've also had to pay for mental health, you know, like therapy for their child or for themselves. They've had to pay medical bills because the child was um, maybe attacked physically or, you know, maybe it wasn't physical, but they've had to go and get some, I don't know, uh, different medical appointments because when you go through trauma, whether it's physical or not, your body responds. So if your child is having these physical reactions or breaking out into hives because, or, or in, um, in some um, kind of like negative reaction in the body, you know, or throwing up or just, you know, getting sick all the time because of nervousness and anxiety, or maybe they have depression, or maybe they just, you know, the body just responds however it responds, right? So if you're spending all this money or say even in homeschooling, because now you've pulled out your child and you have to buy all the books yourself and all the you know course materials, or maybe you have to have a tutor to help, that's all these expenses that nobody's gonna pay you back because you know they were caused because your child was bullied. And so these insurance companies are saying, hey, if you can prove that you had to spend all this money on this stuff, um, you know, due to bullying, then we're going to reimburse you. The only thing that so far that they do not cover is funeral expenses uh, for those cases where the children take their own lives, called bullicide, suicide due to bullying. So you have to be aware of what's going on because it's going to impact you. If your children are, especially right now, very young and you know they have all the way through high school to get through, then you really need to be in the know about what is happening with bullying and with the schools and how to protect your children. So the more and more I, I call these schools, the um, the more I get to hear different objections. And it for me, that's kind of good because I'm learning, but it's also very disheartening because all of these schools talk so highly about, we don't tolerate this, we protect our parents and our children, we listen to them, but then they're not. They're not investing in them. And they're not investing in them mainly because the parents are not demanding. So that's my message to you. You need to demand. Even if it's, say, you want more, um, maybe you want security guards at the school. Ask. You have to start asking and make sure that you get, make sure that you get with other parents and make your voice be heard. It's hard when it's just you saying this over and over, right? But when you have a few parents behind you making a ruckus, you know, they're going to listen. And, and by making a ruckus, I don't mean go and like shout and be obscene. I'm just saying like, hey, just continue to send the emails and that too, everything, provide an email. That way you have proof that you have been notifying them about your concerns. So that is my message 
to you. I just wanted you to get an idea of how challenging it is for um, bullying awareness educators like myself to pretty much convince these schools that this is needed because every time I've offered it, even for free, parents show up and they have a lot of questions. So remember, I'm here as always. I have a lot of free resources on my uh, Instagram is like the best way to get a hold of me because I check it every day and I'm most active there. Um, but, you know, if you need to email me, email me, dali at dalitalks.com. All right. And if you have any questions in regards to this segment, just go ahead and post your questions in a comment. Let me know what you thought about it. And if you learned anything about this conversation, I want to know that too. All right. And be safe. Have conversations about this with your family members. And just know that you're not alone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Hey, did you like that episode? If you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and write a review. If you want more tips or some behind-the-scenes videos, make sure to follow my mom at Dolly Talks on Instagram. You can turn on notifications for her posts and stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you next time.